Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast. I am just enjoying walking this journey with you all. It's like I get to journey back through the book with you all as we are talking through these different themes. And I am having a blast talking with some of my favorite people on this podcast. And our guest today is one of my favorite, favorite people. I'm so excited to welcome Shantae Can to the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast. Hey, Shantae. Hey, girl. <laughs> Y'all, uh, quiet. Oh, go ahead. No, please, please, Shantae. You, yes. Mm-hmm, go oh, ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I'm happy to be here. Like, um, thanks for having me. <laughs> I This is very exciting, y'all. Um, it's I don't know if it's weird to you, Shantae, but podcasting is kind of weird for me being like okay. a stage performer because, you know, when you're on stage, you're used to being like, mm-hmm. what do y'all think about that? And like the audience yes. is like, yep. or whatever, you know, noise they mm-hmm. make. So like, it's always weird that I'm like trying to talk to our people that are listening, but like, we don't get to hear yes. them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're hearing us right sure. Sure that. <laughs> so yeah y'all I am just I'm excited to have Shantae on the podcast uh, for several reasons one because she's my friend and yeah. uh two because she is just a fantastic singer and songwriter and I, I almost want to call you maestro Shantae because Ooh. um you are not only a fantastic vocalist you write maestro. wonderful songs but you have just this fantastic ear for how the music should sound that to me is like the maestro part of you. So I'm just excited to have her here. And this episode, we are talking about the soundtracks of How to Mm. Fix a Broken Record. So if you are deep into reading the book, or maybe by this time you have already read the book, uh, each part of the book, there are seven parts. Each part has a soundtrack, has an album that I talk a little bit about. And Mm. Shantae is such a wealth of music love and music knowledge. I thought it would be so fantastic to sort of interview her and get to discuss with her some of these albums um, and some of the albums she may tell me she loves and some of the albums Mm. she may say, I hate that (laughs) record and I hope I never hear that record again. (laughs) So we're going to talk through those. And Shantae's also going to talk with us about her newest album, Soul Empowered, which I want you to listen to the podcast, but if there's any reason you don't finish listening right now, that reason should be that you paused it and you went to buy Soul Empowered <laughs> wherever you buy music because it is fantastic as all of Shantae Can's music oh, yeah. is. So she's going to talk to us a little bit about the process of Soul Empowered and how she's feeling now that this album is out there and has hit these high numbers on the Billboard charts. Um, y'all, excitement. Oh, okay, these are excitements. <laughs> Uh, then I'm going to get a chance to hear from Shantae about her favorite album. And we're just going to talk a lot of music today. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump in right here. We're going to go okay. to part one. This is actually an album that uh, Shantae knows well. Uh, we're going to go to part one. And that is Love and Be Yourself in this book. Mm-hmm. And the album that I picked for this section is India Ari's Acoustic Soul. Mm. So I'm going to give our listeners a little background and then I'm interested to hear uh, your thoughts about this album as well. So those, first of all, if you're listening and you're not familiar with NDRE, I, I just don't know what to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
like i i want to be loving towards you and and have a lot of hope for your life but if this is your first time hearing that i don't i want you to stop and don't listen to the rest of this right now i don't want you to go and like listen to her music because i just i feel feel bad for you if you don't know what this is about but india re is a fantastic uh soul singer and songwriter and musician and uh, Acoustic Soul was her debut record. And it was an interesting time for this to be her debut record uh, since uh, this music and the way that she decided to make this album uh, were very different than the music at the time. And a mm. lot of hits on this album from video and uh, Strength, Courage and Wisdom, which is still my jam, jam. So I I bought this physical CD, <laughs> actually. I think mm. I still have the physical yes, CD on. for this album, Acoustic Soul. Yeah, yes. mm-hmm. that was before, you know, we knew how to download or maybe before uh-huh. I did. So Shantae, right. do you remember, uh, do you remember when this album came out and you, you know, may share with our listeners even just a special relationship that you have to this music? Right. Okay. Well, yes, I do remember when this album came out. There are two significant reasons why I remember that. Um, one of them is my family just moved to Atlanta for the first time. Um, and so when I was in Atlanta, I was in my room with my little boom box or whatever you want to call it at the time that had a radio on it, and I heard the song video. And I was just like, whoa, like, you know, I never heard this before. I never heard this style of music, and I never heard this person. Like, what is this? I never heard this uh, message kind of done the way that it was done at the time. And so um, I did, I did recognize that the musical, um, the chord progression that was being played over Mm -hmm. and over again, like the song is literally the same chords, just kind of on, on the loop. And I'm like, Oh, this kind of sounds like a song that I've heard before, but I haven't quite heard this particular song. So it was just kind of significant um of the time that my family moved to Atlanta and I was like okay this is cool like I can I can actually get with this and um the I guess the crazy thing is I ended up becoming a super fan of India not knowing that later on I would eventually actually be singing background for her and so between that very first time I heard her on the radio and uh she kind of, you know, started coming into the light, into the forefront. And everybody was like, yo, did you hear that new uh, NDRE and this and that? And I'm like, yeah, this is so cool. This is really cool. Like, I was a fan. And the another interesting part about this journey is that one time uh, I auditioned for this, like, talent show. It was like a college talent show or maybe high school. I can't really remember. But somebody made me do it because I'm not really uh <laughs> like a fan of competition shows like mm-hmm. for myself mm-hmm. so like i would never say yeah let me see american at all let me do this you know like it was always my friends like yeah you should you should do this or you should participate in this but i never really want to do that but um there was like some kind of prize and something so somebody um uh, kind of coerced me to do this competition and uh, I think I got oh I auditioned with using one of India's songs wow. I, oh you know what yeah it, it was ready for love mm. and the crazy thing is I was like oh, I don't know I was still kind of coming into myself so 
I wasn't, I didn't really have that element of being super comfortable in my own, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, I remember they were like, okay, we really, really like your voice. You're really, really good. But right now we're going to keep you as an alternate. Hmm. And so, and when they said that, I was like, see, that's why I don't do this. <laughs> in my head, I was like, okay, that's fine, you know. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, like, I was like, okay. You know, who who knows? Like, why why, why, why was I even trying to do this anyway? I should have just listened to, my, listened to my gut. But the crazy thing is, little did I know that I would be literally singing behind her you know, on stage for many, many, many of years. Mm. And so like, it was, it was just a cool connection. Cause I was kind of bummed out like, Oh man, you know, who wants to be an alternate? <laughs> and yeah, it was just crazy that I would get that amazing opportunity to sing background for her for a very long time. So yes, there's many stories within there, but I, I'll let you ask like specific questions. <laughs> um, okay. Cause I could go on and on and on about <laughs> that specific situation. And I do have to, you know, make a personal note, y'all, that uh, not it wasn't from this album, but there yeah. was a song that I wanted to walk down the aisle to at my oh, wedding. Yeah. That is an <laughs> India Irie song. And yes. it was a surprise to my husband because he didn't want to know what song I picked. So Aww. I was going behind his back to go to Shantae and ask her <laughs> if she would do this. First of all, y'all don't y'all don't be emailing Shantae website about her performing at your wedding. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that because it's very no no don't do that because um, she doesn't have time she doesn't have time you for are it. So <clears throat> I mean she didn't tell me she doesn't but she doesn't have time. So anyway, um, Shantae sang me down the aisle. Uh, she sang "Beautiful Surprise" uh, from hey. India Irie's "Voyage to India" album. So mm-hmm. just this this music of India's has definitely uh, bonded us together. I want to mm-hmm. ask you. I want to ask you. Uh, I want to ask you two questions. I guess the first thing I want to ask you is during your time that, you know, you are singing background vocals with India, you know, you're doing that on the road, you're doing that travel. Like when you think of like a really fantastic memory from that time or just a time Mm. from that era of your life that you're like, man, Mm. that was dope. You know, do you have any memories like that that you can think of to share? I do. There's so many that sometimes... I lose track of them and they all kind of get wrapped up into this one amazing experience. So if I had to pinpoint one or the other, um, I think having a chance to go to Israel Mm. and perform like the show there, um, there was a time when India was, um, kind of collabing with a guy named Edan Rachel. He's Mm. from Israel Mm -hmm. and he's like, a super super big name over there like if you just say the name Edan everybody's gonna know who he is um so they were working together on this kind of joint project uh, but it was just so cool like I never would have thought that music would have brought me to Israel like across the globe singing music that you know we've been knowing for years and years and so that was just a, a beautiful experience to not just that one but Anytime we've gone overseas, it's just really cool to see the way uh, the people from there uh, take in the music. It's on another level almost. And every country and every nation or every region has their own 
appreciation or the way that they interpret music but it's just really beautiful and unique to see it happen and to see the differences and to yeah to, to be able to experience that it really broadens your horizon and it kind of helps you to appreciate music from different cultures as well so that is yeah so that's awesome. one of the cool things that i've taken from the whole entire experience that's so awesome one of my friends who is uh, a touring artist she, uh, I'm sure I'm going to butcher it, but she has this word in <laughs> that she uses when she gets to go someplace on the road and she's like never okay. been there and she doesn't know how to act. I think she <laughs> says like, um, tales of a, tales of a black girl who ain't been nowhere. <laughs> it's something like that, you know? And so okay. like when she yes. gets there and it's like, girl, uh-huh. they got hummus in the green room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tales of a black girl that ain't been nowhere, you know, those yep. things. And I think some mm-hmm. of, some of what happens when you, are able to travel like that and perform and just experience Mm -hmm. the world. Like it just, it really does change the lens, you know, from which you see the world, you know, even the lens from which you create. So I love Mm -hmm. that. I want to ask you a second question. And then we are going to actually talk about albums. It's so hard. Y'all I have so many things I want to talk to Shantae about. You understand? (laughs) Okay. My second question, I (laughs) want to ask you um, about what is it like when and, and you'll have to speak to if I'm interpreting this the right way, because you may be okay. like, I didn't feel that way at all about any of it. But okay. um, I'm thinking about the uh, documentary 20 Feet from Stardom. And okay. in that documentary, there are quite a few just amazing vocalists who had wonderful and great opportunities, you know, traveling mm-hmm. with another artist. And then yeah. inevitably for most, mm-hmm. um, for most vocalists who are singing, you know, in a background vocalist position, um, inevitably that time comes where like, it's mm-hmm. now your time to yep. do your own music and, mm-hmm. you know, really let your, your voice and your original music and all these things that you've written be heard. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, whether they are, in the position of being a background vocalist or in the position of, you know, working their day job. Right. And they really Mm -hmm. dream to be doing, you know, even more with what they have, you know, what, what has that process been? Obviously I'm watching you walk through it and I'm like, (laughs) it looked like it's going great, you know, but I, I would think that there is this, you know, adjustment and this, you know, commitment that you have to make to yourself as an artist to say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Even if it feels risky or even if Mm -hmm. I feel afraid of like, I don't know how it may turn out, whatever. So can you speak to that process a little bit and, you know, what now walking through it as you have, you know, what encouraging words you might say to someone that may, you know, sort of be in the position you were in, right? That's a great, that's a great opportunity, you know, Um, but you know, that time's coming where you need to sort of let yourself fly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'll say this, Um, the transition for me has been so gradual but every every step has been that much more meaningful and I say that because when I started singing with India um this was around 2006 and I started doing my own shows around 2008 Mm. so it wasn't like an overnight thing like hey I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be my own solo artist. It was almost like I'm going to sing background. I'm going to be refined. I'm going to be part of a community. I'm going to be part of, um, you know, the greater whole. 
and I'm going to learn and I'm going to gather information. I'm going to gain experience and I'm going to get exposure and I'm going to, you know, learn what to do, what not to do, how I want my career to run for myself, you know, in the future. So being in that behind the scenes stance has just shown me and taught me so much, so many valuable lessons that I'm able to use and like, you know, uh, accumulate wisdom through those experiences of traveling the world of, uh, of somebody, somebody that I was already a fan of at the time, which was super, super amazing. And it was just such a, a incubator for me. Like it, it literally just helped me to grow. And so it wasn't like, okay, now I'm going to turn this switch off. And now I'm an mm. artist. It was like, I've always kind of been that artist, but it was about navigating and like knowing which lane I needed to focus all of my attention on first. And sometimes I, I was able to take time. And uh, when I wasn't traveling with India, I was doing my own shows. And I remember mm. like the first time uh, this guy uh, asked me that I have my own band and I didn't have my own band, but I knew I knew a whole bunch of musicians in Atlanta. So I was like, I mean, I don't necessarily have my own band, but I can definitely get one. Like, you know, let me know. And so that was the first of my that was the start of my first show. Um, it was at Eden's Cafe. I don't know if you remember that place, but it was in Atlanta um, off like Peter Street or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was like 20 people there and it was great. I was so nervous. I was scared. I was like. How am I going to do this? But it ended up working out really well. And I was like, okay, I was really kind of shown a little, uh, a little more of my potential, even the more I was, uh, you know, kind of exposed to a, a more of my sound. And, you know, I just got, I began to just grow and just, and just cultivate, you know, who I wanted to be as an artist while at the same time, time still traveling with India. So it's like this dual facet, like one thing you know, iron sharpened iron. So being on the road with India was helping me be a solo artist and being a solo artist also helped me um, on the road with India because it was like, you have to be able to hold your own. Like mm -hmm. when when everybody is, uh, you know, when, when nobody's kind of there and maybe you might have to hold down the parts by yourself, you have to be flexible and you have to know how to navigate and how not to be scared to go with the flow and kind of you know, trust your musical instincts while still sharpening your craft. So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, you, <laughs> or that, was, that was fantastic. And, I, and okay. I think that's so helpful because I think, you know, in a way, it's like what you're talking about is really the work that you have to do to see your dream mm -hmm. become reality and that you don't right. always get that. Like, I always wanted this, like, glorified day that I was going to go right. and like quit my day job, you know, right. like I'm going to be there right. with like my boom box right. on my shoulder. Like, I don't care <laughs> nothing about this. Y'all about to come back here to work, but yeah. not me, you know, right. whereas like in real life, it's not like that. It is very yeah. much like the different opportunities and experiences mm -hmm. that we have, like everything is preparing you for the next thing is preparing you yep. for the next <clears> thing. Like it's, and, and even describing it that way to me is not even all the way accurate. Cause it's very, it's almost circular and not just linear, mm -hmm. yes. you know, that it's all Absolutely. of a piece, very holistic preparing you, you know, for mm -hmm. what you're currently doing and what's to come. So I think that's a yes. really good lesson, you know, for anybody that's listening that, 
may sort mm-hmm. of have that dream you want to do. Maybe you're, you know, in the middle of a great opportunity that you're like, oh, I love this thing I'm doing. I could also see mm-hmm. myself doing this. You know, mm-hmm. there are some, I love that you use the word gradual, that there are gradual mm-hmm. ways to see your dream become reality. Maybe you don't get the yes. glory of like, walking through yo you know um, for me it was like it was my corporate gig you know I was like I'm about to walk through my corporate gig Mm -hmm. tell my manager no I'm not doing (laughs) none of this I'm like you want that glory moment and a lot of times it's a combination of like you're gonna work you know what's in front of you you're gonna do well with that you're gonna learn a lot from that and the people there while you're grinding on you know Mm -hmm. your next thing so I love that advice. Okay, yeah. let's talk about part two. Okay. Dating of the book. Uh-huh. And the soundtrack for part two of the book is I Am Sasha Fierce by hey. Beyonce. Bless. <laughs> Which, if I'm remembering right, this was a double album. It was because there was the one that was kind of like, you know, mellow and like heartfelt songs. And then the second one was a little more like, you know, shake it, bomb up. Yes, yes. A little more wild and free. Yes, <laughs> and I. Turnt, as the please, children like I to say. I want to thank you for bringing up turnt in this conversation <laughs> because that Come is on. important. I remember <laughs> listening to this album. First of all, I was not. Um, I was not an early adopting Beyonce fan. Like I remembered mm-hmm. her from. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Destiny's Child and, you know, had obviously loved a lot of their music, but mm-hmm. I can't even say when I listened to them that I was like, had their posters on my wall and, you know, I mean, I thought their music <laughs> right. was cool, but I don't know. I just, I thought it was cool. I just didn't, I wasn't like super, super into it. And then right. um, I remember when Crazy in Love came out and, and the mm-hmm. Dangerously in Love album. I think that was the album name of her of her debut album. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, look, go ahead, Beyonce. I was like, hmm. I mean, <laughs> you couldn't have told me at that time that she would have become the phenom. Right, right. <laughs> that who she is today. Know? Like, who saw that coming? Oh my gosh. Listen, no. I mean, I, I thought, oh, she's great. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. She's awesome. You could mm-hmm. never have told me, like, all of this was to come yep. for her and for us from her exactly. music. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. this album, I also bought on a physical CD, bless my heart, Um, (laughs) because I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately slash fortunately, um, mostly fortunately, though, still driving the same car that I was driving when this album came out. You got to do what you got to do. You got to bring the music to you. Okay. So, you know, the CDs were dual purpose because it's like, Mm -hmm. I need those to put in my computer you know so yep. i can make playlists of them but i also need them to mm-hmm. list them in my car because my car yep it's not doing the mp3 stuff like it's not yeah man i got you yeah my car's not here for that so um <laughs> i remember buying this uh double cd but not having time at the time to listen to the whole thing throughout and i remember it was july 4th weekend i had been booked mm-hmm. in utah i want to say i was in utah mm for like a youth event and I was sitting in the airport headed home and I finally sat and listened to this album and I chose this album for this section too because I sat there in the airport listening to this and I just cried Mm. my eyes out Shantae because I realized I was in love with someone like I was listening to those songs realizing like I'm in love with him like wow everything she's saying yes I am in love with someone and Mm. 
I mean, there's nothing like uh, like a record, yep. an album, a piece of music that you are mm-hmm. like, that was the moment I knew I felt those feelings. Like that's yep. the power of music. So that's like where I remember my life being <laughs> at the time this record yeah. came out. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Halo, oh, <laughs> my boy, you know, like yeah. all the feelings, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really like a sappy ballad person. So <laughs> it got into that Ave Maria and I was like, okay, uh, I got to right. go. Like I'm out now. I don't know. <laughs> so as, as a singer and songwriter yourself, when you look back on this album, what were some of the highlights for you? Because you are a vocalist and arranger a songwriter, you know, so you're hearing the record, you know, obviously just, you know, as a music fan, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, you catch it that way in your emotions, but you also are listening to it for, you know, what, what hits you as far as the mastery or not that may be Uh there. So (laughs) what, what were your thoughts in that way about this album? Um, okay. I'm going to say, I probably was right along there with you as far as not being an extreme fan right off the bat. Um, Like, I didn't see the whole world changing, shifting uh, music that was going to later on come from Beyonce. You know, just the whole movement that was going to go beyond her. Dangerously in love with something that was like, oh, this is like, oh. So I I really took to that particular song and a couple of other songs on that album. You know, I was with, I wasn't an early DC3 fan, but they were like, you know, like the singles, like everything that that people were just kind of bumping, you know. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to name names, but, you know, the bills, bills, bills. Right, uh, right, right. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know, like, why those songs were just like, cool to me at the time um so when this particular um i am sasha fierce came out i don't know if i was as connected as maybe the rest of the world was if anything i may have resonated with the second half because Mm. um musically it was more, those were like the more like catchy, like, you know, dancing and like kind of make you, make your body move type, uh, type song. So, and, <laughs> um, some stuff was like, okay, like, this is cool. This is what's up. And some stuff is like, okay, this is straight commercial, mm-hmm. you know, but I can get with it. So, um, yeah, I didn't really, I probably did not really dissect the first half of of that uh, entire project, like, enough to be able to, like, comment on it. Like, I didn't have any uh, necessarily really deep connections with with that album at that time, that that first half, I'll say. Um, but I was, I was just, I was giving props for uh, content continuing to come out, you know, from her. Yeah. And I do get the idea of Sasha Fierce and... Like, I appreciate that alternate, uh, you know, personality or whatever, the alternate being that you want to identify with and say, hey, this is one of my mini sides and I'm going to let them write some songs. And here they go. <laughs> right. Now, now I wish I had like whatever my version of Sasha <laughs> Fierce is. Not really for stage, yeah. because for me, right. 
I'm just Amina <laughs> when I'm on stage. But uh-huh. there are other moments of life where people need to get told some things yeah. <laughs> that I like, especially like on like a business level. Sometimes like yes. I want like a business version of mm-hmm. whatever Sasha Fierce would be to me. Cause I'm like, you know, I walk in a lot of, you know, rooms or business conversations, like as the yeah. artist, you know, where you're like, exactly. Oh, thank you for having me here. Like I'm, so uh-huh. excited, you know, but like, sometimes I'm like, you need to leave that girl outside and right. whoever your <laughs> alternate person is, you need to bring uh-huh. her in here. She can be like, mm-hmm, how you doing? I don't need those bagels. What's up? <laughs> exactly yeah that's it what y'all need that's fine okay so and of <laughs> course you know before we close i am sasha fears obviously i'm i'm with you shantae that that second that second cd had mm-hmm. single ladies was on right. that um diva mm-hmm. was on exactly. that um video phone which i still don't Mm -hmm. all the way know there's some parts of video phone that don't (laughs) completely make sense to me sometimes like i'm like is it that i'm is it that technology has moved past that now and that's why i don't understand or is it like i'm not technological enough because i'm like she's on the video phone you know how sometimes like we watch movies now we watch old movies that we're trying to be all futuristic but like when we watch them now it's like okay you guys tried like Oh, you, you said 2001 and now everybody's like, oh no, the end of the world. But like, it's like we're looking back on what they thought was futuristic and current and progressive at the time. So, you know, it was what it was. And I think it has a season in it, you know, then it goes out of season. So, right. I, to- I, I totally get what you're saying, though. <laughs> I'm trying. I was trying to understand. Uh-huh. Okay, let's go to part three. Uh, part okay. three of the book uh, is called Marriage. And the album I chose was A Love Supreme by mm-hmm. John Coltrane. Um, is oh, this yeah. also one of your favorites of John Coltrane's albums? So how about it is, and I didn't necessarily even know that it was him in the beginning when I first heard these songs. Um, because a, a lot of them are are played like everywhere all over the globe on vision and all the movies like when you hear like that old school straight ahead jazz feel um like you know what it is and like i've i've heard a lot of these songs over and over never knowing like who it was until like most recently and i began to kind of delve into the to the jazz scene and know like who i'm listening to it was always really hard for me um because i'm like man how does somebody know that this is somebody playing that instrument? Like there's a million different sax players or there's a million different uh, bass players or piano players or, you know, whatever instrument there are, there's a million different people playing them. So being around musicians uh, myself, I got to know people's sound. I got to Mm. know that no matter like if 10 people in a room played the same song, they're all going to play it differently. Like they're already, they're going to have their own unique uh, DNA, like thumbprint of how they play and how they've interpreted the music. And, you know, it's, it's going to sound different. It's almost like they have their own filter and it's going to incorporate like their exposure, like what they've been through their experiences in life, like how they see themselves in life and music as a whole so it was really cool to re-listen to this and know that I've been inspired by this music even before I knew I was right I I mean I I wonder if in general I'm a late adopter because I'm like am I gonna keep saying that but I was (laughs) I was late to discovering Coltrane Mm -hmm. and I really had a lot of 
very sort of two dimensional ideas about jazz in general, mm-hmm. you know. So I think my entry level song into John Coltrane's music was his version of My Favorite Things, which is like Ooh. 13 minutes long. Yes, come <laughs> I think on. It's like 13 minutes and 45 seconds long. And I listened to that I whole thing and I was like, whatever this is, I want more of it. I want more of this in my life, you know. Exactly. And so I think it's mm-hmm. interesting when we're talking about A Love Supreme, it's only four songs. Right. <laughs> only four songs, but but like 32 minutes of goodness yeah and like they're just like each one is their own its own different movement and i like the way that it's that it's set up like that like uh like a classical piece almost you know they go by movements and just the names of them and like just the sentiment behind them i really love that like man it it makes me wish like i was around back then Mm -hmm. in that time period and just like what kind of vibes like if i were to have met john coltrane we were to have like come together on some music. I wonder what it would have been like. Oh my gosh. I'm like, would I have had any sense? Would I have been able to talk? You know, like I do wish that it's sometimes crazy. though, because there's like jazz of that era right there in particular of John Coltrane's yep. and Miles Davis and Thelonious mm-hmm. Monk. Like yep. there's just some music that got made within like mm-hmm. a 20 year period right there that yes. just has lived on so long. Yep. It's so cool to even when you listen to these songs and you hear, you hear the, the, uh, the almost, you hear the generations that are influenced by them people and you, you're like, Oh, this is where they got that from. Like, this is where they sampled this from, or this is, you know, who remade this. And it's just really, really beautiful to see the uh, impact. Okay, let me ask you this, Shantae, because I'm kind of throwing in a couple of Shantae interview questions while we're discussing these albums. Okay. So your solo projects are categorized under the jazz genre. And um, those people uh, who are listening to this that know Shantae's voice, like your voice can, I mean you know, you'll have to tell us if you think this is true or not, but um, I'm on here telling people what I think about you. Um, Your voice really is genre bending to me in a lot of Mm. ways. When I listen to your music, there are various types of music that you could have chosen to done, could have chosen to have done on these records so far. And obviously, you Mm. know, you have an opportunity to do whatever you want (laughs) going forward too. Mm. But on these two albums, you know, you had an opportunity to say, okay, I'm making my solo album. I can make mm-hmm. any genre of music I want, you know, yep. and you chose jazz music. Like, tell me more about why it was jazz. And obviously in listening to the albums, I'm, I hear jazz and I hear soul mm-hmm. and I hear, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot yep. that goes into that. But tell me like how maybe you find jazz inspiring in the music you make. Okay. Well, <laughs> you you are very correct about um I kind of feel genre bending or genre less. I mean, I guess more so in the beginning, it was like, okay, what are we going to call this? Because I was inspired by so, so many things. I mean, yes, my mom was in the jazz band and she got to travel around the world with the Philharmonic Society when she was in college and she got to tour with some really cool people like Dizzy Gillespie and, you know, this really, really cool stuff. And she was always into jazz, but my dad was the one who kind of exposed me to the different varieties of music, whether it be classical, whether it be rap, whether it be like P-funk, whether it be 
gospel. You know, he was in charge of in exposing me to the different uh, variety of genres across the world. So it was it kind of it helped me because you know I was able to appreciate all types of music. But in essence, it it impacted me so much to where. Yeah, I do feel like it's 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 my sound is more uh it's like a melding pot. It's almost like fusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't call everything fusion. So to me, um and I guess to my people that are close around me, we felt like jazz would be the most um the most liberal as far as allowing me to do different styles within the label jazz and so you know with within jazz you have you have things that uh that inspire it such as soul you know such as r&b neo soul some people would say um there's a lot of inspirational feeling acoustic vibes somewhere down the line and there's even a lot of songs that are straight up just instrumentals and like letting the music kind of just create this atmosphere like this ambient thing going on so to me jazz was you know gave gave me the most liberty um to just kind of be free and just create that music of of freedom Mm, i love that and i i love it sounds to me like there's opportunity in that where you as a vocalist also Mm -hmm. get to use your voice as a as an instrument yes and i think that's really beautiful it's not something that all singers are Mm -hmm. doing or want to do um, but even the ways that your voice enters your music, it's like you're entering that space as a vocalist, as a writer, mm-hmm. but you're also using your voice as an instrument, which I think lends itself a lot to what's beautiful about jazz. I think that's dope. Cool. All right. I like that. Let's talk about part four of the book, which is Lessons in Adulting and Speaking of Hip Hop. Hey. This album for <laughs> part four is The College Dropout by Kanye mm. West. Um, yes. Another album that I remember going to Walmart to buy the actual CD. <laughs> yes. There's nothing wrong with that, girl. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I went to Walmart because, you know, I want to listen to hip hop, but like I can only take so much of the language for yes. some artists, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm Walmart there right there with you, you know, used to be a place oh, yeah, where you knew. <laughs> yeah. You could go there and get like the clean version of the record. Yes. And I remember I was working my little corporate job that I hated so bad. Bless my heart. <laughs> and my coworkers and I took an early lunch. <laughs> yes. Come on. Cause that's what it's all about. Leave lunch early to go get music. Please took an early lunch, went to Feed Walmart, picked up the CD, you know, and then went mm-hmm. to Wendy's. Got that bacon Come cheeseburger. On. You hey, know, we, 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 we know now in our 30s, we can't, you know, get right. those as often as we used to. But in mm-hmm. our 20s, I could do that yep. four times a week and not really yep. be struggling for it. So right. went to get that bacon cheeseburger and we sat in the car and listened to this album. And I, you know, there's all this talk right now about the new Kanye or the old Kanye. Uh-huh. And I, I just, in general, want Kanye to be himself. I don't, you know, Uh like as an artist, it's like, you know, there's music that your favorite artists make. And so you have emotional attachment to that music. You want to see them continue to make that music. So of course, this is the Kanye I loved. This college dropout, Jesus Mm -hmm. Walks, Kanye, like that Kanye that told us about working in the gap, like that is the Kanye I love. But I also don't want to restrict Kanye 
to only being that artist that he was then because I know there was work I was doing 10 years ago that like if people were like oh why don't you do that anymore and do that do that Mm -hmm. it's like but I've grown but I'm evolving I've got right new stuff I want to do so I I feel the tensions when I look back at this but what are were, were your thoughts or what are your thoughts now in retrospect thinking about this debut album of again yep. someone we didn't know was going to be as big of a deal as he became yep. had no idea um okay so it it's an interesting thing because yes there is a difference between evolving and I'm not saying this is the case but there there are definitely instances between or differences between evolving and growing and just being in a different headspace. And then there's people who sometimes from the outside looking in, it may look as if they're taking the quote unquote easy route or the commercial route mm. or the, the quote, unquote, I don't like to say sell out cause that's just horrible, right. but you know, there are people who feel that way. And a lot of people do feel this way about Kanye. And I mean, to me, I definitely vibe more with the earlier stuff. I mean, this record, um, the, what's the other one? Late Registration. Oh, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, that was kind of still on the the cusp of this kind of, like, you know, it was just super unique. Like, it was, like, underground, overground-y. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It was, like, this cult following uh, of this cool stuff and like yeah i remember um i remember vibing out to a couple of songs of course um all falls down is a favorite of mine and i didn't even realize that that was selena johnson singing it for a long time i thought that was little mo and so Mm. i would be like oh that's that's a little mo on that uh kanye west song but it's not sorry anybody who really loves that song but props to selena johnson yes she's from chicago props Got to give it up to her. And, um, yeah, I, I just think the, my, like, my faves on the album, there are a lot more faves in this particular area than, than there are in, the, in my current Kanye uh, database. So, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of my take. I think, I think I felt, too, like, in, in sort of what had become the story of hip-hop, mm-hmm. um, Kanye came out as this middle class angsty Mm. voice Mm -hmm. you know like when he talked about the gap and the mall and yeah you know his upbringing with his parents and it it was interesting because I think in a lot of hip-hop music that I loved you know depending on what the Mm -hmm. story was of the artist I would just kind of feel like but I don't really know what that's like you know I don't really know right I'm like bobbing my head to it but I don't really Mm -hmm. that's not really like my story and a mm-hmm. lot of the things that Kanye said on this college yeah. dropout record was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can relate. Yes. Can relate. They mm-hmm. wanted to put him in the front of the store. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I, I had a lot of love for that album. That's one that like when my husband and I are on road trips. Yeah. This is another Kanye's another artist that I still have the actual CDs of his that I bought. And uh-huh. we will put, you could still put that college dropout in track one till the end and play the yeah. entire Absolutely. thing. Yep. Like it You're just, right. it still lives and is still such a classic album. So yep. shout out to Kanye, right. new new and old Kanye, bless. We we shout you know, out shout, to both of them. Shout out to Kanye as a whole. 
That's right. <laughs> yes, as a whole. To all your parts. To, to whole Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, let's talk about uh, part five of the book was Control Alt Surrender. Um, the album for this is Fred Hammond's Pages of Life, oh, yeah. chapters one and two. I really, <laughs> to be honest, could have done an entire podcast episode. Yes. Just of Shantae and I discussing Come this album right here because yep. I don't, for those of you who are gospel fans, mm-hmm. hopefully this is in the canon of some of the best gospel albums that have ever been made. But I know mm-hmm. some people who would not darken the door of a church. They don't want mm. no parts of church. They don't <laughs> want to be there. You ask them, they're not going but they will listen to this album at the house, (laughs) you know? So tell me, I'm interested to hear your thoughts, Shantae, about this album, because um, this album for me was coming out in my first couple of years of college in what were those struggle years, you know, financially Mm. and in my faith, I'm trying to navigate so much. And I just felt like this, and I have to say, musically, this is one of the few double albums that I know of that doesn't yeah. feel like there are some throwaway tracks that maybe yep. if you got rid of this wax stuff, then this could have mm-hmm. just been one thing. Like he actually did a really yes. good job making a full and fantastic double album. But yep. I would love to hear your thoughts, obviously, um, about just the the nostalgia of this album itself and how yes. it has lived so long and so well. But now that I listen back to it sometimes, even the musicality mm. of mm-hmm. this album that the one half is the studio recording right. and the one half is like this live you know, recording and you're listening to this bass and yep. the organ and the, oh man, I mean, there's a lot going on here. So what, yes. what are your thoughts about this album? <clears throat> oh my gosh. I love Fred Hammond. First of all, let's just say that he's been one of the most influential artists in the gospel realm in music period, because he was such an amazing musician and bass player and just, and singer obviously, but, I just felt like he was everything, like, wrapped into one. Um, First of all, let's just go with track one. Um, (laughs) Let the Praise Begin. That is, it it was like the theme song of anything, everything, gospel and church and inspirational. And uh, when when you heard that song about to come on, it was just like, yes, a party's happening. The praise is about to begin right now. And so a funny story, when I first started going to uh, the church youth group that I kind of grew up in and kind of like really, really started kind of strengthening my relationship, um, I <laughs> I was super scared and I did not, I love to sing, but I just didn't like to do it in front of people. And so somebody forced me to go over to somebody who would later be my musical mentor, Miss Amitria slash Mimi Doc. Shout out to and Mimi. And I got it. I got a shout out, shout out to Mimi, uh, uh, Fruition Organized Music, uh, vocal coaching company. Yes, she's awesome. Anyway, so she was um, kind of over the music department at the church, and I remember somebody forced me t- to go over her, to go over to her and like sing something. And so she was like, "Okay, yeah, you can sing. Okay, come over here." And um, okay, so then she was like, "Okay, sing this." Um, 
Are you ready for your blessing? Are you ready for your miracle? Oh. So she went, she walked me through every part. And so I was like, okay, I'll sing that part. So I was literally singing everything back there, exactly how she sang to me. She was like, oh, yeah, girl, you can sing. Um, can you be at rehearsal next <laughs> week? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is not what I want. Man, that's not what I signed up for. This is not what I signed up for. I just wanted to come to the youth group, you know, enjoy myself. I I, I just joined. And so, yeah, they, she recruited me, like, like no sooner than a, a week I was on the brace team. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, it, was, it was fun, you know, uh, but just, like, Allowing those walls to break down and just mm. be comfortable in that element was a long, a long process. But she definitely, if anybody broke me in, like she helped me, like create creativity wise, um, musically, just everything, just to you know strengthen those leadership skills that I would you know later on use uh, in every area of my life. So I'm very grateful for that. So this whole album kind of marks that time. I mean, there's so many good songs. Mm. Um, uh, Ordered was another favorite of mine. That was just like, you just want to lift your hands. and Mm. That's one of those, just just lift your hands and just cry and just let the tears roll down and just like, yes. Order me, Lord. Order me, Lord. Order me. um, No Weapon. Ugly cry song right there. Yo, if you you weren't even a church goer, you knew some of these songs. Like, come on now. If you some people didn't even go to church, but they knew no they knew no weapon. Like they found it a way to integrate it into into the popular society somehow, some way. So it was cool to see people um uh kind of take to these certain songs. Um I'm just looking at this list. Uh oh yeah. I'm I'm just like in my head having a party right now because the second album of the live uh, experience was really awesome. We sung a lot of these songs for uh, Offering Time. And Come on, Offering Time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely when the Spirit of the Lord, that was yes. an Offering Time song. It was like, okay, we're going to get you excited about giving to your Lord and Savior. Uh, oh, this is just, it's that all just so good. At the end, yeah, oh, yeah. our church of used course. to... Be blessed. Feel that. Be blessed. As soon as that yep. thing come on and everybody yep. look at each other, blessed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It mm. was like the best call and response. Mm. Like it was it was perfect. And then when you um, hit the the late in the midnight hour, I will yep. still ugly cry <laughs> in a church service. Cause it's like no matter what's going on in your life, yep. even if like mm-hmm. even if like everything is going great in your life, when you get to yep. that late in the midnight hour, God's yep. gonna turn it around. <laughs> Like if everything's going great, then you like, yeah, that's right. God did turn it around for me. Yes. And if you at a point where like everything's terrible, you like God will yep. turn it around for me. Yes, and around. <laughs> you can you can you can apply it to your life at twenty four hours a day. Like it doesn't even matter. They were just really great songs and really uh, good at connecting with you know with the community. And yeah, I appreciate this whole album. I, I can. I can sing each and every one of these songs. At least hum a little bit of it. Yeah, I um just for our listeners, I I can't sing as well as Shantae can sing. But um when I'm in my car, you can't tell me that I can't though. Like I'll be yeah. in the car trying to hit those notes when I'm listening to Fred. I'll be trying to hit that alto, Shantae. But nobody's in the car to verify 
if it's actually okay. happening the way that it should but <laughs> i feel like god enjoys all of us singing yes you know, come on however it sound like and the other song from this album that is everything to me is mm-hmm. um i think it's called pass me by or don't pass oh, yep. me by mm-hmm. yep um the verse that opens up there was a blind man on the roadside yes. and it like retells yep. that biblical story Ooh, yeah. child i have had some many moments i could think of mm. like in my dorm in my first apartment yeah. in my first house you know like i could think of so many moments that i was sitting yep. on the floor ugly crying like yep. oh so i cried jesus <laughs> like oh my gosh like oh come come through fred come through and come i think on. the other yep. thing um then i gotta go to this other album but i just okay. shantae and i could have just a whole <laughs> yeah, other girl whole other time to discuss this you know but i think that's true because i'm like i have so many things to say but i got one more thing to say about this okay so i think the other thing about this album that has been just so good to me and something that i feel like is missing from um Mm. some worship music today is like the groove that fred hammond establishes in this music like Mm -hmm. i'm listening to it I'm dancing, I'm jamming, I'm Mm -hmm. bobbing my head, you know, and I've realized how much in retrospect, I really love that, how much that groove has a way of just like drawing me into God and contemplating life and contemplating where my spirit really is, you know, Mm -hmm. and where am I with God, like how much the groove itself musically Um, plays such a role in that for me and I think his music just has done such a great job and I'm like this record I mean we're talking about this record being almost 20 years old it'll be 20 years old next year (laughs) so for us to still be talking about it and still enjoy listening to it I'm like I would like to also make some I can't say records because I'm not making records but I would like to make some poems yes Yes. that are gonna be timeless you know Mm -hmm. write some books that in 20 years people are still like I still love that thing Okay, let's talk about uh, part six of the book is called Home. And the soundtrack for part six is the original motion picture soundtrack to The Wiz. Oh, my, my. Y'all. Okay, now I'm (laughs) going to give y'all a little sneak peek on something that did not make the final copy of this book. Okay. The initial reason why I picked this, Mm. if I could have picked a song. I would have picked a song, but because I'd already picked albums, I couldn't do album, 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 ah, song, right? True, true, so true. I had to pick the whole soundtrack, which is dope. The whole initial, okay. that soundtrack of the original Wiz is yes. dope. But the That's song true. that really made me pick this is Stephanie Mills' version mm. of When I Think of Home. Oh, yes. If y'all, think of a place. Mm, the way she just the way yep. her voice did that where there's like it had like a, yeah. you know that like vibrato in there girl <laughs> come on you better study you better be an understudy all around you better study your people she hit that vibrato yes. i was just yep. i was like wherever stephanie mills is talking about i can't wait yep. to get home i can't wait to get back yeah. there like her version you know i love diana ain't nobody shaying diana ross today of course of but course. the stephanie yep. mills version of this mm-hmm. which i think was from her broadway performances when the wiz was on broadway if i'm remembering right that's how that okay. started 
Um, she is the reason why I really picked that because when you hear that song, it's like whatever, mm-hmm. everybody has their version in their mind of what home is. For yep. some people, it's like a person. It's like a somebody. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, when I'm with that person, I'm home. And for some people, it is a place. It's a city. It's your grandparents. It's, you yep. know, your house where you live, you know, all those things. And when she starts singing about that, yep. it's like wherever that place is, you're like, mm-hmm. I got I got to get there right now. Yep. What it's are your really, thoughts? really, really beautiful. I, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you on that. Um, just the way it was kind of executed, especially <laughs> the vibrato. It's cool that you brought that up because uh, a lot of singers, you know, the vibrato, it can be controlled and it can be um, used to portray different sounds or different thoughts or different feelings and so I think she did an amazing job of portraying that just like you know like as an overall actress and just vocalist it was just done so well and it made you feel like yes this is home this is it like where where is this place wherever it is I got to find it and it's just a beautiful song like period when you hear the arrangements like strings and everything and it was just, it's just beautiful. So like, I 100% agree with you there. This whole soundtrack. I mean, there's so many songs. I can't even like, I'm getting over them. I'm just, just looking. But, uh, <laughs> um, and if I had to pick anyone that would, um, move me personally, of course, anything Michael Jackson oh, is on. Me. That's just mm-hmm. a win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a win. Pun intended. Um, uh, yeah, of course, ease on down. Um, you can't win. Oh, it was a fave. Yes, you can't win. Yeah. <laughs> it was, oh, just, oh, the music, just, everything is so, is so groovy. Like, from whatever, I guess it would be, wait a minute. I don't want to get the, okay, 1978 is when that particular soundtrack came out. So, but just that era of music yeah. where uh, it was just like you can always tell like a 70s song. Like you know the period of like when it goes from 60s to 70s and it kind of is like right before. Oh, it's just, yeah, it's just very like it resonates with me. Like I want to go back to a lot of time periods and definitely the 70s is is one of them. And I think Quincy Jones is is one of my favorite music people of all time yeah. like anything that he's on anything that he arranges um anything that he conducts because he does everything it's just amazing um and of course you have like the <laughs> like the kind of evil evil ones um no bad news of course everybody Ooh, knows that one <laughs> yeah, that was a good one too yes yes there's so much energy in in all of these and I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of how everything was portrayed. I'm a fan just in general. So I'm here. I'm here with this whole movement of the Wiz. And speaking of maestro, we mentioned that word earlier. I feel like that's yeah. also such a great word for Quincy Jones. I mean, oh, yeah. when you brought up the orchestrations, I was like, yes. Like, I think that's like a big difference sometimes that we're hearing in music of this period is yeah. you're hearing mm-hmm. that, that full instrumentation you're hearing all those musicians in there together and he really spared 
no sound, you know, in doing this. And even <laughs> even some parts of The Wiz having what we what we, you know, didn't know at the time, but was going to become sort of the 80s type of, you know, sort of synthesizer mm-hmm. and right. some of that sound to it, even with having those what were considered to be like sort of modern, you know, production tools um, mm-hmm. to still keep you know, with a lot of that instrumentation just made this music sound so beautiful. Like I remember when I was first watching The Wiz again, like as an adult and mm-hmm. when it got, when they got to um, Oz and mm-hmm. there are all those people in the beginning, like you've got to be seen. Great. <laughs> you know, like even those parts was yes. like, oh yes, yes whatever this okay. is. Yes. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. So I shout out it. to the Wiz and shout out. Um, I didn't get to mention her because it would have been too confusing, but special shout out to Stephanie Mills yes. in the building. I'm going to have to put the link to that in the show notes. Okay. Hey, Steph. Part <laughs> seven. Am I at part seven already? Yes. We're at part seven already, Shante. Oh my Let's gosh. Let's do it. We're doing okay. It. This is the newest album included of all seven. Part seven is called Searching for the Groove, and I chose A Seat at the Table by Solange. And mm-hmm. I I also was late to the Solange party. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of knew mm-hmm. about her a bit, had yeah. heard a little of her earlier music, and it was like my friend group was divided. Half of my friend group was like, why are people sleeping on Solange? You know, like, she's a mate. Like, I had a lot of friends who, like, have been following her a long time and listening to her record and just feeling like she hasn't been getting the shine. Or I had half of my friends that were like, who's Solange? Like, who is she? Right. Like, they don't even right, know. Right, right, And I thought this record in particular, um, this was just an interesting year, right, with Beyonce's Lemonade coming out. Right. How did they do that? List. I'm like, in the world, did they like for real? mm, I gotta call my sister right now. (laughs) Man, man, they schemed us. They got us. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Because it was such a, and I don't want to say this to say that they have that those projects have to be connected, right? Because each sister is like her own. You know, Mm -hmm. she's her own brand, her own voice, all those things. But in in the history of what will be this musically, like this era of time, I mm-hmm. think even if they weren't sisters, their albums were such a great complement to each other. Mm. You know, we're yes. catching Beyonce at a time that mm. she had some reasons to be angry mm-hmm. uh, about life, whether that was personally or some things in America and sort of Beyonce's... Yep. Uh, brand I guess has been very like and I am reserved and I say those things for my personal moments and I don't let you in on that and Lemonade was like this first you know moment of her going well I don't care about that anymore and I got this thing to say and I'm upset and here it is Mm -hmm. and then when I got to Solange on a seat at the table I really felt like this album reminded me of healing um I feel like Solange walked into this very sure and very in her skin so fully Mm -hmm. and really encouraging, particularly to me, black women like this album felt very much like it was a love letter to black women to say, Mm -hmm. if you're mad, you can be mad, you know, and if you are experiencing these injustices, like it's okay to fight that, you know, it's okay to be upset, to be angry, to bang your fist on the table, to take action and mm. take care of yourself. Yeah. 
and yeah. you know give yourself a place to rest so what were your thoughts about Solange a seat at the table well I think you did a great job at summing that up and yeah it, it's almost like <laughs> um lemonade was the like direct direct reflection of like okay you know, this is enough. Like uh, this, these things have been building and building and building. And now like, I just can't, like, I ha- I can't hold it anymore. I have to express that. And, um, no matter if it comes across, you know, as a B and C, you can say whatever, like, I'm just going to say what it is and how I'm feeling. And that's going to be it. And, you know, I'm going to empower and encourage other people to kind of find their voices or find where they're, um, find their irritations, like find their uh, disturbances. I don't know if I mm. said that, but you know, that's kind of, you know, find what is upsetting you about the current reality. And it's, it's okay to voice that. Um, and so I feel like with Solange's album, it was almost like a, okay, after all that madness and after, after voicing all of that frustration and irritation and anger, um, like this is, this is now a chance to reflect and kind of, yeah, like be healed, like be restored. And like what, it's almost like this was like, like the lullaby to like, okay, there was all that stuff going on outside and now we're going to just like chill and bring it down and we're going to we're going to do a cool down and then, you know, we can get restored and revived and rejuvenated to go back out and do what we need to do. Um, but yeah, the, the soundtrack was just, it was very full yet ambient. Like, Mm, you know, it was, it was groovy Mm -hmm. yet. It wasn't like super, super in your face. Like it was like this, this really weird, um, amazing uh kind of compliment to each other like even sonically the way that it sounds the way that the music is like i just think it was laid out really really nicely there's a lot of space mm-hmm. um and yeah it's just i think it was i think it was very very necessary and like you said a great compliment to to lemonade not that they were not that they meant to do that or whether they did or they didn't i don't know but just the fact that they they both are what they are, you know, in today's society that just it speaks volumes for, you know, our, our, our music. So I think it was lovely done. Of course, uh, crowd favorites, um, cranes in the sky oh. is like, you know, that's like, that's that, that's that bump. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, like, like, what is that? Like you always, you trying to figure out the song. And they're like, Oh, that's, that's crazy in the sky. Cause that, it, I was just jamming to a baseline that was just like in my face. I can't get away from it. So of course that, um, of course, you know, don't touch my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I'm just looking on, on my list. Um, yeah, I think it was just done very well, mm-hmm. you know, and whether you're a fan or or no, you can still get something from from this album. And you know, message wise, you're gonna get a lot of things. Like if you are alive and breathing and living in today's society, you're you're gonna get something from this. 
um, whether you're an observer or whether you're a true experiencer of things that, you know, she's talking about, you're, you're definitely going to, going to get the vision. So yeah, I'm here for it. Oh, child. Even when it opened up with, with <laughs> rise. I think yeah, it opened exactly. Up with rise. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. already like, so yeah. you, so you don't crumble. And I was like, how she know I'm crumbling? I was like, <laughs> I was like immediately in my feelings. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Solange. Yo. I'm, yeah. I'm such a retro music listener mm-hmm. that like an album, a new album has to be really, really dope for yep. me to even listen to it. <laughs> Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're whack, I don't need to waste my time. Bill Withers is out here. Like what's, yeah. I don't, <laughs> there's no need to waste my time doing that. I don't understand. Hey. So shout out to Solange for being one of the newer albums to make the soundtracks. And speaking of new albums and speaking of a seat at the table, yeah, we need on, to talk see. about Shantae Cans soul empowered, hey. which just released October of 2017 of this year. And I, y'all, if, if you, if you didn't stop earlier and download this, I'm giving you opportunity (laughs) again, because I'm mentioning it right now. You could go right now, pause Mm. this, the way phones work. You could pause Mm. this. Really? Uh You could listen to this and go download it right now. And then as soon as the podcast is over, you could go like bump Shantae's music. So I would love for you to now we've gone through seven wonderful albums, mm-hmm. many classics in there, and we are now going to get a chance to talk to you about your latest album, Soul Empowered. So yes. first of all, I want to know, how are you processing and feeling watching this record soar like it has? I mm. mean, I'm thinking I read this right, that this album pulled up on some <laughs> billboard charts at number eight, y'all. That's we we yes. less than ten oh, out here. Gosh. We bumping some Can't people down. They bumping down. We don't know where they going. We just know Shantae is know. is <laughs> is rising on these charts out here. So, being an indie artist, mm. um, we've already heard you talk about the hustle, the grind of mm. finding your voice and figuring out how you want to do a show and how you want to present yourself, how you want to categorize yourself or not. So, how are you processing how well? this album is doing you knew you knew it was great when you made it but watching other people I guess respond to that how has that been (laughs) well as you know a process is just that it's a it's a process it's a journey and I guess man this whole thing is really crazy because there I have I have literally seen you know, the album from the beginning to what it is now, to the finished product, to, you know, it it being out and to it being received so well. And I just, it's, it just continues to like amaze me. Um, Just the heartfelt, genuine response that, that people have, you know, sort of given towards the music. And I mean, since Journey to Golden up into soul empowered like just the growth that's taking place that I know personally for myself you know I've I've allowed myself to do and that's plays such a a big role in kind of like the headspace that I was when soul empowered came into uh the story and I'm just I'm so excited I'm so I'm just happy I'm like like elated that my uh I, I call this my little second child um you know is out there and like talking to the people and you know 
just, I don't know. It, it's a crazy, you know, you know about being vulnerable and being transparent and like there are depths, there are different levels of transparency that you kind of have to grow to and allow yourself to be uh, open up to what you kind of know, like what you know you should be doing. And so just being in a, in a state of empowerment and knowing that there were issues and certain things that were holding me back a little more than I knew that they were, or, um, you know, there were certain core issues at a, at a certain time in my life that I was kind of brushing under the rug or not all the way dealing with. And it wasn't until I dealt with those issues, whether they be, you know, uh, certain negative uh, view viewpoints from myself or whether it be, you know, listening to what, quote unquote, the world is saying, mm-hmm. or, you know, just just these things like I had to literally be stripped down and then I just had to allow God to really heal my heart and heal my emotions and and make me whole and I say this statement like I had to learn how to accept the entire me that so that I can become the whole me so once I literally did that it I, I mean it was like it it just started falling off like and I like it was almost like shackles like they just started falling off, like literally dropping. And like, I just be, I get, I got this sense of, of freedom. And while allowing God to heal me, I was a lot, I, I gained strength and, you know, began to feel the sense of empowerment. And that was what I want people to feel from this record. So hence the term soul empowered and hence all the songs on the album and like where they come from and what I'm, I'm trying, you know, the message, it was a little more deliberate, a little more intentionality went into the making of this album. So, yeah. This thing you said to me (sighs) just now, I had to, I had to learn to accept the entire me Mm -hmm. so that I could be the whole me. Like I could just, you know, (laughs) I'm not trying to abruptly end our recording, but I could just like cut things off right there and just, go marinate on that I love that I do feel Mm. like that is so much a part of the journey and I love that you used the word healing that was involved Mm -hmm. in your process in making this album because that's what I was going to say the vibe felt like to me Mm. there felt like some healing in there in the music you know Mm -hmm. um obviously there's you know time to body roll as well while you're listening (laughs) to Shantae Kant's music you know body rolls are available if you're in so need of silly. them, you can you can body roll while you listen to her music too. But you can heal and body roll. So that's, ah, you know, they don't have to go separately. I wanted to gosh. ask you um, another question about, about this album and just about your music in general. Um, okay. I've been following your music a long time. And one of the themes I love that even as you are making, every time you make new music, this theme stays the same. And you are always talking about the light. And even just the uh, title of this album being Soul Empowered, it's S-O-L, Soul. Yes. uh, Which is still sort of speaking to this sun Mm -hmm. and shining Mm -hmm. and light. And I love that there's always this um, hopefulness in your music, uh, there's always this like, not this wanting to escape when things are hard, but to say even when things are hard, there mm. is light and there is hope. And and what would be uh, your response to 
why you think that as a theme is showing up in your writing so much? Mm. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, my music has always been just a reflection of, I guess, the the type of person or I say it's, it's been a reflection of my purpose more so than my desire to be any kind of artist whatsoever. Um, because I, I really didn't know that I was going to be an artist. I thought, you know, I was just going to be like a music teacher, teaching music like my mom and, um, you know, working with kids or something to that effect. I knew I loved music, but I didn't know I was actually going to be like, an artist like you know a a, a for real artist so when that transition kind of started happening and I noticed um right away even when when I would be in church and you know either somebody would come up to me and um just you know say from the bottom of their heart like how uh I was able to kind of play a part in um and something that they needed, like, like me just being who God created me to be, helped them to be who God created them to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's my ultimate prayer. Cause that's the reason that I do any of this. That's the reason I'm, I'm able to even be here talking about these albums because they're all God inspired and purpose driven. Mm-hmm. So if I, I can't get away from that. Like it literally chose me. So there's, this is just my path and this is my message. And, uh, I have to surrender. And once I, I will say this, when I got to soul and power, there was another level of surrendering that I did, um, to even tap into the songs that I knew that I was supposed to be writing. So, um, you know, every, every level, there's another, another level of responsibility and, um, uh, accountability that you have to have and another level of hearing, you know, obedience, all of that kind of adds up into this, you know, your, your purpose. And when you allow yourself to be aligned, then like all the ways will be made for you. Like when mm-hmm. this process of this album was so entire, like it was, I don't want to say it was easy, but it was like, whoa like how did that how did that work out how did this work out how did this work out like it was so weird I was like okay Lord you just gonna make it go like that you just gonna bring it together because I know that wasn't me that had nothing to do with me like I'm just here and you're making everything work so I noticed a huge a huge huge difference once I I really really began tapping into to those to those things so yeah it, it chose me and I literally cannot escape <laughs> I cannot escape uh the message so hey gotta make it work <laughs> that's right I, and I love that I love that because that's been my experience I know just as your friend but also mm-hmm. as a fan you know of yours <laughs> and listening to your music you know for all these years that it it, it is truly soul empowering like that was such a great a great title for your newest album so thank you for taking uh I don't I don't know if it's the risk but just for Mm. 
agreeing to share your gift uh, wow. with all of us. I know that that isn't always an easy task. I think that's what made Correct. me think of the word risk. You know, it's not always an mm. easy task or an easy decision yeah. to say, I will step out here and be myself and make, you know, yep. the art I have to make. But boy, am I glad that you did that. And I know so many listeners and fans of yours are glad too. So I want to close our podcast mm. with two things. Uh, one okay. I do with every guest. And you and I uh, had a unique opportunity because we got to talk music the entire time. (laughs) Right, entire. (laughs) Most other guests (laughs) on the podcast, we don't get to talk music until the last, you know, few minutes. But we've Mm. talked about some albums I loved. Uh, We've talked about your newest album. I would love to hear from you if there's one you can pick. If you can't pick one, I can (laughs) can go into a top three right there. But (laughs) I'm asking every guest on the How to Fix a Broken Record podcast, what okay. is your favorite album of all time? Uh, that's hard. <laughs> it's so hard to say. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to just, okay, this might necessarily, it might not necessarily be the top one of all time, but it is one that inspired me. And like, you can just play it from, from beginning to end, like a lot of this person's uh, music. Um, it's probably no surprise, but I'm going to say Stevie Wonder Inner Visions mm. because, uh, I mean, yeah, first of all, he has a good and one, um, a giant in one albums that you can listen to like that. But uh, yeah, Inner Visions for me is just kind of takes the cake. Um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, of uh, reflection of the times and mm-hmm. and things even that we can definitely apply to today, like what's happening in, in today's society. So like, um, like you know, some of those interludes and some of those uh, kind of skits that are going on in, in the background and, you know, kind of uh, showing like what's happening out there in the streets, but of course, this album has Golden Lady. It has mm-hmm. Higher Ground, uh, Living for the City, Too High, which is like the beginning song, and it, Don't You Worry About a Thing, which mm-hmm. is like the world's uh, favorite song. Uh, <laughs> all is fair. Um, all in All in Love is fair. Jesus Children. These are just Ugh. the songs. Like this album just has so 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 many. Um, Living for the city, did I say that already? Already, um, yeah, Mr. Know It All. I mean, mm. it's just it's just a perfect album, a perfect album. Visions, it's just perfect. So yeah, Inner Visions, Stevie Wonder. That's a great choice. And uh, as I have previously said on these episodes, <laughs> I inside myself I don't always say it out loud but inside myself I really judge people on their answers to this question (laughs) and I judge whether or not we can be friends based upon (laughs) the answer so thus far no one on this podcast has embarrassed me or made me feel like we can't be friends so your your answer not only (laughs) is so fantastic and I agree with it but I think you said an album that is the only album that's been said more than once on this podcast Mm. Stevie okay. Wonder's Inner Visions. Hey. I think Stevie yeah. Wonder is the only artist to be named twice on this podcast. The other album was um, mm. Songs in the Key of Life. Yep. Uh, and yeah, that was said. like a strong, a, I mean, all of these Songs in the Key of Life, Hotter Than July, everything. Yeah. I Nothing mean, but there's good so stuff. many. Yep, Nothing good but good stuff. stuff. Well, 
Shantae Can, people are listening to this. They have heard you talk about other people's music. They've heard you talk about your music. Now yes. they may be wondering how they can know more of the Shantae Can thing. Shantae Can is also on tour. So yes. you are showing up sometimes in other people's cities as well, where they can uh-huh. buy a ticket and experience Shantae Can live. So if people are wanting more information about you, want to know where you're going to be performing next, want to know more about Soul Empowered, uh, mm-hmm. where would you want to send them? Where can they go? Okay. Well, you can always catch me at the official website, which is www.chant.com. A-E-C-A-N-N.com. So that's ShantaeCan.com or everything ShantaeCan, whether it's Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, all of the YouTubes and, you know, fancy things like that. Bandcamp, uh, <laughs> iTunes, anything, you know, everything is ShantaeCan. C-H-A-N-T-A-E-C-A-N-N. Awesome. Shantae Can, thank you so much for joining me to talk about the soundtracks of How to Fix a Broken Record. And thank you for the awesome soundtrack to so many of our lives that you are always making with your music. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It was truly my pleasure. The How to Fix a Broken Record podcast is produced by DJ Ope Diggy at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. The book, How to Fix a Broken Record, is available wherever books are sold. Thanks for listening.